Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're watching this. Edition 101. Can you believe it? We've got to edition 101 of hypnosisweek.com. I'm going to introduce you to our latest guest in a few moments, who you can probably already see on screen, one side, depending on which way he butts it. But you won't be able to see his face except on the photograph on the audio podcast channels. This gentleman is an experienced stage hypnotist. He's also an experienced hypnotherapist. He's an experienced performer in other areas as well. Um, we're going to cover all of those things and more over the next 60 minutes as we please welcome to the show the man himself. He's got more awards than I can remember. So I'll let him briefly cover that shortly. The award-winning hypnotist, hypnotherapist, stage hypnotist, and a whole bunch of other amazing things as well, Mr. Attila Kun. Welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you very much, Alex, for the interview. And uh, briefly, I will uh, tell you my little history. Yes, please. I was born in Budapest, Hungary. In 1983, I left the country. But uh, I studied actually magic. So I was a professional magician originally in the very beginning at U. So when I arrived to Canada, uh, I did magic for quite a few years. As a matter of fact, I even had a magic shop in the world's biggest shopping center in the West of Mall. All right. And then in 1991, that was the first time I was performing in Monterey Bay, California, and I saw Peter Ravine. Actually, let's uh, reverse. He saw my performance. And then he approached me and we talked and he says, well, when I am in your town next time, I will come visit you. So he did come into my magic shop and he gave me tickets, free tickets to see his hypnosis show. Excellent. And, uh, you know, he was originally Australian and he lived in Calgary. So I was in Edmonton. Here am I, 1991, with a bunch of friends who went to see Peter Ravine. And that was the first time I saw stage hypnosis. And... I was sitting there and I could not understand. So thinking like this, this guy is the devil, or I don't believe in it, so I have to learn this. I opened the coffee shop in downtown and then I had a lot of time on my hands. So across the street, there was the library and I borrowed books on hypnosis. And of course I could only find a medical hypnosis. So then I found the school, and I took all trainings on uh, uh, hypnotherapy all the way to clinical hypnotherapy. So by 1996, I started to teaching at that school, actually, oh. in the uh, Hypnotism Training Institute of Alberta with Annie Slechten. And um, then I started to doing, of course, performances, and I traveled all over. So I developed it into uh, stage hypnosis. I was already on stage, so it wasn't difficult for me to adapt from magic to performance. <laughs> Don't worry, I will be with you in one second, but I'm just going to, because I've just recently got a hearing aid, and I mean, last week, I've been trying to get... Sure, 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 <clears throat> no worry. Plus, also, I have an accent, so I'm a little bit different. What I'm going to do is... So, anyhow... That's better. Perfect, okay. So, anyhow, <clears throat> then after, uh, being in the show business... In 2005, I went to Los Angeles and I started to demonstrating uh, what I called one second inductions, which is actually a trademark. Uh, I trademarked a bunch of different way of techniques of rapid inductions. Mm-hmm. 
And that was the first time in this conference in LA when uh, I did a, a lecture and uh, I met Gil Boyne. So a bunch of big names like uh, Dr. John Butler, he's from England, and Gil Boyne, his friend, uh, the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners, uh, Robert Otto from the IMDHA. So they came to see my lecture and then we talked. So uh, at the bar at, the, at night, uh, Gil Boyne approached me and he says, so do you teach and you have any materials? And I said, yeah. So, okay, bring it to me. So I already had a 200 pages of a stage hypnosis book that time. So I run upstairs to my uh, hotel room and bring it down to Gil with my uh, VHS tape that time, you know, I gave it to him. So he goes away with it and he phones me next day. He says, come upstairs to my room. So I go up and Gil went through my entire book, you know, and giving me tips and ideas, endorsed it. Oh, nice. And then a year later, actually, I was the first stage hypnotist teacher teaching in LA with Gil Boyne, which he advertised out. So from uh, then on, we became almost like, I'm not saying friends, but very respected me and I respected him. So we worked together many, many times. Uh, then in 2008, oh, by the way, in 2005, I broke my neck in a car accident. Oh, bloody hell. So yeah. I have titanium rods in my neck and then I retired from the show business. Wow, so then uh, okay. you just went so, yeah. into the therapy side full time. Wow. And uh, thank you, th thanks to the, the, the hypnosis knowledge, I used it a lot. So I recovered pretty good. Uh, then 2006, I already did the lecture with Gil. And in 2008, they approached me from Europe, from Hungary, from my home country, if I would teach. So I started to going to Europe in Hungary and started to translating all the English courses into Hungary. And then I started the teaching in Hungary now. So this is how this whole thing started, uh, going into hypnotherapy. In 2007, I went back, finished my psychology uh, degree. Then in 2014, I got a nutritional science degree. Then all kind of different things. But basically, I'm not uh, only teaching. I have 10 different courses in two different languages. Oh, wow. So from, from basic to all the way to clinical therapy. Each book is about 200 pages uh, uh, or so. And I did a lot of, lot of uh, uh, traveling and a lot of uh, uh, personal therapy as well. So that's well, briefly about we're, me. We're, we're going to pick into some of those areas uh, a bit more over the next uh, hour. One, in no particular order, it's just as things jump into my mind, things that I remember about you. The first thing that jumps into my mind is because there's, there's, we have um, a quite a few commonalities. One is... You did magic before you did hypnosis. I did magic before I did hypnosis. Um, I was born on a circus. Uh, I believe you've performed on circus as well. I did perform in circuses. I performed, uh, I did some shows in Vegas, always corporate market. I did all over the places actually, but it pretty much Canada all over from one end to the other end. You name it, all the way to Tucker to the north. <laughs> I even did a show where I was in the, in the show with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I, I, I met a few famous people. Cool. So I'm going to, the, the next thing, John Smith, I was going to ask you briefly mentioned it, the one second 
touch thing. Now, you, you've answered part of the question I was going to ask, because you already told us it was more of a trademark name for a bunch of rapid and instant induction techniques. But I'm going to narrow it down a little bit more, because obviously on the promotional video that's out there, the visual that's shown is clearly just one of those techniques um, where it does effectively look as though you just go up and touch them and boom, instant synabulistic sack of spuds, so to speak. Um, obviously, there's a bit more to it than that, as we both know, even if it's only in the psychological setup. But some, I'm going to use the language, because occasionally I swear on this podcast, some bastards, and they've done the same to me, so it's not just victimising you, they've done the same to all of us, that what content out there to try and help people. Ripped off, you bought, you bought out, you bought this out as a training package, didn't you? And then the Chinese are bloody gone and knocked, knocked stuff off. So you mentioned the quick induction, okay. So the reality, what the person sees by the time we are going to touch the person in the forehead or we do one of these techniques, there are a lot of preliminary presetting to that. So let's review this from the... Please uh, do, yeah. Let, let's review this from the outside perspective. For me to be able to accomplish that, I have to establish a rapport. And this rapport, whether it's a direct or indirect rapport to the client, but the, the, the person actually, there's three different people will come for therapy or for a show or whatever. I believe in this. I want to experience it. So I will participate. I don't believe in it. Or let's see what happens. Am I correct? I, I would totally agree. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Alex, irrelevant which one, they are in my show. They already participated. Mm -hmm. So all what I have to do is the psychological factors to change. So the more resistance I have towards me, I'm going to use the resistance towards them. Almost like the Aikido. So if you resist me, I welcome your resistance. Awesome. I need a strong man. I need a strong mind who can reject me. I don't want somebody, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it, these are... Plus, also remember the show settings, you know, they made the decision to buy tickets. They bring their friends. The excitement is there. So, so it's not like I'm walking on the street and I'm just going to walk up to somebody and say, sleep. Probably I'm going to get smacked on the head. But if there is a preliminary settings to it, and that could be a, you know, that comes from magic, the subtleties. You, you know, they set up those little subtleties, mm -hmm. subconsciously build it up to the point when we can do that. I find it interesting, maybe not, well, I say maybe not decades ago, because I know this doesn't apply, or at least I don't think it applies to Gil Boyne, but it does apply to Orman McGill. Um, it does apply, I believe, to Dave Alman, uh, both who were involved in therapy and stage hypnosis. But a lot of the real pioneers um, who both did stage hypnosis as well as therapy, but have been accepted in both fields. A lot of them, when you look, but I think Gil's one of the exceptions, do have at the very least a background hobby interest, although with Dave Alman and Alman McGill, I believe it was also for short time professional, in either magic 
or mentalism or both, which, as you say, has its own psychology and subtleties that can be brought to the arena? I think um, the draw of us as entertainers. So we, at least I'm talking about me. I wanted to be in front of other people. I wanted to entertain. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a clown. Okay, to in, being in the circus. Mm -hmm. So, however, I learned a little magic trick around age six or seven, and I presented it at the campfire in a, in a, in a summer camp. And then they started to calling me, oh, the little magician, do you have an auto trick? Do you have an auto trick? So I was a little chubby kid, you know, uh, round face with big buck teeth. So, you know, everybody was, so that was my first, how do I say, moment of everybody loved the, the idea. So I was different than the rest of them. And this mm -hmm. drawn me into the field of magic. By age 14, I was traveling with magic shows all over in Europe. So from that transitioning into, you know, the, 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 the part of the hypnosis, it was basically be utilizing so much on stage what we learned in magic. You know, the one ahead principle, I have to think ahead always of the client or always one ahead of them, what they're going to do. So they don't follow exactly what we're thinking or what we're doing. Mm -hmm. it's, we're creating, a, a, on a stage hypnosis show, we're creating a misconception. Uh, we can't or make people... call it a dual reality. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a reality <sighs> presented to them. They become a part of that fantasy. Okay, however, their conscious mind can anytime interrupt or stop that if you, if you say something, they don't want to be a part of it. Uh, <clears throat> going back to Gilboa, in the very last uh, course Gil did before he passed away in 2009, uh, he was doing it with me in Hungary, actually. So it was a very uh, honor that uh, Gil was uh, rewarded to the hypnotist of the century in this business. He created the Transforming Therapies uh, uh, how to uh, change the person's belief system, what they have developing in, in early childhood. So, I don't know, you ask any questions. Maybe it's easier, just not bubbling around. Um, so, you've got more, I was looking at your website earlier and I was gonna, I remember that. And I thought the moment I noticed all these different awards, I went, I'm not even going to try and remember all them because there's so many of them. Um, you've got award after award after award. I know this is somewhat of a difficult question to ask and it's putting you on the spot, but why do you think you've ended up with so many awards? From why did what? Why do you think you've ended up with so many awards? I know that's an awkward question because to answer it can only possibly be answered in a way that might feel uncomfortable or egotistical. But the fact is you have got an extraordinarily large, um, I would definitely say well above average amount of um, industry awards. I, I, I really don't know. Um... Well, clearly it's because you're damn good at what you put out there into the world. I'm thinking what to say. So inside of me, whether I have an entire group or one person who pays attention to me, it motivates me to, to, to the, either I want to make them laugh or either I want to make them learn. 
want to help them to change their behavior. So that motivation, it's always me. And when it comes to performing in front of the public, for example, the bigger the crowd for me, the more calm I am. All right, okay. So uh, not that I'm worried about on one or one word, don't mistake me, but uh, the last series of shows was what I did. It uh, ended up about 10 years ago, and I had a 10 years contract every year with Canada's biggest Christmas parties. And I was the headliner event um, in a stadium between two to 4,000 people uh, uh, size shows. So to walking out on the magnitude of that show, it's to me, that's the calmest feeling you can ever think of walking on the stage. Uh, and that's motivates me to, so when I'm on stage or when I'm performing, I'm home. Do you think I'm, that I, calmness purely, obviously there's two elements to this. There's performance wise, it feels like home. And I get exactly what you mean by that. Cause it doesn't matter whether it was doing magic, hypnosis, whatever. You, there's a vibe and an energy from an audience. But from a stage hypnosis point of view, generally speaking, um, the more, there's obviously exceptions, but generally speaking, the bigger the audience, the more volunteers, the more people go under. That's a very generalised overview. It's, it's a number game. Yeah. So do you think that's part of it stage hypnosis-wise? The more there is, the more, well, you know, it's more likely to be plain sailing tonight. With the stage hypnosis, as people coming up on the stage, we are focusing on those who are immediately responding to it. Right, and then we select out the best and be creating this scenery or fantasy for them for 90 minutes to two hours, okay? If you work on a one-on-one, -on -one, you have to figure this person out internally, what's their motivation, what's their uh, uh, childhood traumas, what is the problem behind, what is the trigger mechanism? So you have to pay extra attention to that one particular issue. And before I actually do a therapy session, we might have two, three, or four different interview stages to get to know the client completely before I am able to do a, a, a proper therapy. On stage, you don't worry about this. You, you're really focusing on those who be creating uh, the immediate responses for them. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you have done that millions of times, you know, going on stage. Yes, however, what I have or haven't done is irrelevant. This is all about you, sir, and uh, viewers and listeners. We'll appreciate hearing this from someone who uh, has done it in a different part of the world than me, who's done it at different types of venues than I have. It, it's, you know, even if it's only confirming what they already know, although for a lot of people, it will be brand new to them. There's already been golden nuggets in, in what you've shared. So it's interesting that you say that you sometimes have multiple interviews with therapy clients before actually getting to the, shall we say, hypnosis for the cliche. That sounds more like um, a, a, a sort of a proper detailed um, history fact-finding mission that you kind of conventionally see in psychotherapy or counselling. Um, if I may say why I said what I said, okay. so many times I see them, the internet people are advertising oh, one session is going to happen and change everything on or whatever. But it could, don't mistake it, it could. I have many clients who had one session and 
and it, it, it made a huge uh, impact or changes in their life. But not everybody is like that and not everybody is going to go into it. However, the basic principle in hypnotherapy is activating emotions creates an automatic trance state. The deeper the emotion, the more profound is the trance is. Mm -hmm. So now the client, by the time they arrive to your room or to your uh, therapy, uh, uh, or clinic or whatever, <clears throat> by that time they are already in a self-hypnotic trance because of emotional issues, what they're dealing with. And who knows how long they are in this self-preserved trance trying to resolve uh, their own personal issues. That trance, I am not the creator of that trance. I did not create, he did not follow my instruction to being in this trance. So first I have to figure out what is the issue? How am I gonna approach this? How to snap this person out of this to think, start to think differently. You know what I mean? A person who believes in a certain area, oh, I'm phobic, so or I have IBS, or... So you're or kind of saying that you're not hypnotizing them from scratch. You're taking over their self-created trance and then steering it in the direction it needs to go for you to be able to guide them to achieve what they want to. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you a story? <clears throat> here's, a person, here's a person who uh, came to me for the fear of uh, uh, flight. This lady was uh, from Iraq originally and lived in Canada. So she says, can you help me because I want to fly again. But the last time when I went into the airplane, I had such a ab reaction. I was screaming, suffocating, total panic attack. So they had to let me go out of the plane. So when I do a regressional hypnotherapy, and suddenly, this is it. We are back now. She says, I am in Iraq. The U.S. is bombing us. And I thought right away, oh, probably that's the connection. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's easy to get misguided by the idea what the therapist can think of that what could be their problem. And I kept continuing. Okay. How did it make you feel? Da, 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 da. Eventually, what happened is, and this was the story she wanted to go away from an abusive husband in Canada. And she made the decision if she goes back to uh, another country, to, the, to Jordan or whatever, she's not coming back. But that means she's walking away from her children huh. because she's so scared of the husband. So the conflict now, the subconscious mind creates a phobic reaction. I can't l stay on the plane. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So many times what I noticed with clients, for example, in, in, in therapy session, especially with phobias, never ever the originates what they are coming with. So here is the lady with a spider phobia. Attila, can you help if you're going to go to New Zealand? I said, yeah, sure. So let's look at the review. And she, she said this, if I see a spot on the wall, I'm gonna scream spider, my husband comes and kills it with the slippers, you know, boom. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, let's see how is this person utilizing or using this as a secondary gate? What is the control mechanism behind it? Why is she needs to be so scared of the, okay. And by regression therapy, we discover, but this, understand, this goes into a phobic state. They are becoming phobic about this, you know? So in the regression therapy, going back, and she says, oh, I grew up in a farm. We had an outhouse. 
My father was always out there on the field with my older brother, and I missed my father. I didn't get enough attention. And she says, when I went into the outhouse, there was this slit. There were always little spider webs. If I screamed spider, that came, hugged me, cleaned it up with a piece of newspaper. So now she has got a husband who's not giving her enough affection. So the spider is utilized not to get, because now the husband is showing affection and love. I'm going to take care of you if there's a spider. Right, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there might be a connection. But many, many times people, they think of that the issue is, oh, let's focus on the spider. But what caused to manifest into that? Mm-hmm. So that was basically what I, I, I did a lot of, lot of, lot of therapy with people. So to me, it's very important to find out in a couple of, so even the interview stages, look, they are in a hypnoidal state. They are in a light hypnotic trance. It's almost like, can you hypnotize myself? Can I dehypnotize you from what you are already in? Cool. So, because arguably, I would argue, and then you've just, you've just, basically said it, uh, certainly alluded to it, that the whole ritualistic process of the intake form, some might call it, or the initial interview stage, whatever label somebody wants to give it, is actually part of the therapy because it's enhancing that psychological anticipation and expectation in the client. Would you agree? To, to being hypnotized, or, or what do you mean exactly? To, 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 to the idea that, oh, we're having to go through these important processes and fact-taking. It, it's kind of got that non-verbal suggestion in itself of what might happen if they went to see a, a medical consultant. Um, so it, it's putting into that, if you like, another part that's triggering off the placebo effect. In the field of hypnosis, doesn't matter whether we do a performance as a demonstration or as a show or as a scientific demonstration, maybe in a university or in a high school, or if you do a private uh, session for a client, this is my uh, philosophy and my approach. I need them to become a participant in what I do or what I say. Okay, so it's almost like Let's boil them to a, a sales technique. The more you do this, mm-hmm. the more you say yes, the more I establish a rapport where you're going to accept what I want. I tell you a story. Once I did a show, it was one of these elite hotels in Banff Spring Hotel in Canada. Yeah, it's one of those very expensive places for a bunch of doctors. It's a doctor's conference. Now, when I did a performance, I wanted to be in charge. That means that I dictate when we start, not then, because we signed a contract. I'm going to go on the stage. I have an intro, what I'm using. I have lights. I'm creating an entry. I'm creating an impact. So now these doctors are bubbling. The dinner is over, you know. And suddenly a lady just goes up, and and I'm already anxious. Let's get started. So I can give the sound cue, you know, my, my guy. I had some technician, cameraman. I said, okay, then we're starting the show final. And this lady just suddenly walks up on the stage, picks up the, the microphone from uh, uh, the hotel, not even mine, 
And she says, oh, okay, are you guys ready for the show? It is a pillow. Totally killed the, the, you know, the entry, the impact. And so yeah. listen, and one of these doctors who was one of the big name, I don't know, some professor, sits in the front row and he pulls his chair out a little bit, crosses his leg, and he says, to me on the stage, impress us. And I'm like, oh, you bugger. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I mean? Yeah. So listen, I realized that he's running the show, not me. He is the most respected among his peers. So I started to coming up with a bunch of ideas. I said, you as doctors, you probably learn about the, the, the subconscious and the conscious mind. I said, please understand to be able to get hypnotized. I said, you, we, we need both parts, the conscious and the subconscious. Is there any of you think you cannot be hypnotized? Please put your hands up. Now, this is already a suggestion. So as I say, please put your hands up. I'm already putting my hand up. So, of course, they responded to it, a few of them. I said, those who put your hand up, basically, you just told me that half of your brain is missing. You know, so I'm making, yeah. I'm making joke. And I said, plus also, you understand that hypnosis is a form of concentration. So the higher the IQ, the higher education you have, for you, is easier to be hypnotized. So guess who was the, the the star of the show? The guy who started. The professor. Impress me. Yeah. So so we need to understand the psychology behind how people think. That was a and very that's what I powerful said. lesson. That. Yeah. Sorry. That was a very powerful lesson you've just shared with everybody. Because look, he's rejecting me. He's taking control of me. And look, it's just going to be the same in, in, in your clientele. They come for a therapy. They're coming, okay, solve me your problem. Hypnotize me. Make me quit smoking or resolve my, I don't, you know, like bad behaviors or whatever it is. So they're pushing the, the how do you say, the, the, the idea that you are the solution for their problems. They have to be a part of that. Mm. So I have to reverse that. I have to pass the, ball, pass the ball back to them. I said, look, I'm going to guide you and help you, but you need to be a participant what we're going to do. And there will be homeworks to follow up. It's not that you're just putting me into the spotlight that, hey, hypnotize me. I'm going to fall asleep. I open my eyes and everything I'm cured. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Excellent. Yeah. Now, going off on a complete and utter tangent, kind of bringing things, we've talked about hypnosis. And yes, it's all relevant still now, but as we do this on the 16th of June, 2022, for anyone who on acts this in decades to come, um, things are changing massively in the world. Um, and I, I want to focus on stage hypnosis a little bit more because comedy in general in the world is becoming more and more politically correct. You can say you can't say this, you can't say that. There's all the I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it makes our job more difficult. And also all the stuff like gender identities, um, people wanting to identify as different. Now, I know you've stopped doing shows as such, and you mainly do therapy, but how do you feel you'd go about handling the way the climate has changed so massively in the past couple of years 
if you were back out there doing chores? Um, I would still continue doing the way I was doing. So I wouldn't worry about, this is me, this is my show, and this is what I produce, and this is what I present. I did always clean shows. I never never performed in nightclubs and bars. I was into the corporate market or fundraiser events. Mm -hmm. uh, it was more of a theater type of production. Uh, you know, so I, would, I don't think I would change. The only thing I would change probably, I would need to learn more updated uh, movies and more updated of the, the music genre or the, or the musicians, you know, because some of the younger kids, they never seen maybe Michael Jackson or they never seen uh, Britney Spears. So you know yeah. what I mean? So, so I would change on that aspect, but I would not cater into this uh, absolute nonsense, stupidity, what is going around the world. I don't care. Sorry, I really don't care about being politically correct. I am against this mass hypnosis, what is happening in the world. That is two gender, a man and a male. I don't care what you identify. And people's sexuality doesn't belong into my life. It's your privacy or anybody's privacy. This is high. Exactly. Everyone's free to do what they want to do as long as they're not harming anybody else i am yeah. not against anybody or i don't care who loves who who wants to uh, have a family uh, i'm totally i'm liberal enough on that aspect that you know uh, but but what is going on around now that now they want to change that it's not father's day but people's who caring and loving uh, parents day and and this is insanity i oh, even yeah. posted it many times liberalism is a mental disorder <laughs> One could argue, and if you brought, I wouldn't have brought anything like this up. Um, I never, I, I never bring these kind of things up unless a guest does first, because it's just not fair. But if you brought this kind of response up, you know, okay, I'm going to throw this into the equation, and you said it's a kind of insanity. What are your thoughts on the idea that it's actually really could be a purposely engineered? kind of government-backed um, psychological operation, PSYOP, to cause um, division and arguments and disagreements in society so that the mass populace um, are preoccupied with all that kind of stuff and therefore are blind to tons of other stuff that's going on. Good point. Um, let's think like this. <clears throat> so if I create issues which are not really issues, so the public attention is now suddenly supporting small little minority groups. In reality, would it make any difference who loves who and who, who lives with who and, and you know what I mean? Why well, do no, we it shouldn't, should it? No. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be an issue. However, now the political system, they are actually cashing out on these things for them and they're pushing these silly ideas so all of us have to behave or accept that. And no offense, I'm not saying that these people are mentally or what. No, but I don't have to accept something which is not normal. 
No. Mm -hmm. Understand that in the world, I know I had clients who are transgenders. I had clients who are gay. I have I remember clearly when I had the very first gay person telling me the, the, their life stories, and I realized that, oh my God, these people feel the same as I do. However, before that, I had a different view, but, but by listening to their life and their stories and issues, they are the same human being like any one of us. Mm -hmm. Why would this need to be brought out to the surface so turning people against each other on this? Precisely. You know what I mean? It's a mass manipulation. doesn't matter which way you're going. If we would learn simply just to accept each other and love each other, does it make any difference if two men holding hand or two girls holding hand? No. It, to me, it makes no difference. The trouble is then if everyone was loving or accepting of each other, that, well, that means people would help each other more and not be attacking each other. So if they're helping everyone would progress and get further in life, which it appears to me at least that certain people in much higher up powerful positions wouldn't want that to happen because it would give them less control over everything. What I'm seeing is really uh, they are desensitizing worldwide the family values or the family structures. And then there is the other side of the, the, the rigid, the, the, the religious mentality that everything is God and everything is Jesus and everything is always has to be brought into that. Or, you know, like, I do believe in free choices. And free choice to me means that I can practice what I want as long as I don't hurt you. Mm. Very simple. So uh, I do believe that it's the parents' responsibility to raise their children and give them a choice and the chances how and what they learn in life. For example, somebody just posted yesterday, a young man died uh, uh, drinking a lot of uh, um, these power drink, the energy drinks. Oh, yeah. you know? And a bunch of uh, 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 posts underneath it right away that those parents who should be in jail and shot to hell and, you know, uh, who gives children these drinks. I said, listen, try to stop a 14 year old kid with anything impossible. Am I right? Were you 14 one day, Alex? Yeah, there's going to be a time when the parents aren't around, they're with their friends, they've one of, even if they haven't got money themselves, a friend might have an offer to buy them one. And it, yeah, it's inevitably likely it can happen, yeah. And going back to this political stuff in the society, I do see this is the political system is creating this structure where they actually trying to take all responsibility away from people. Oh, you are not responsible for it. The government will take care of it. The government will create this. The government this. The government that. I grew up in a communist country. It doesn't work. Let's be clear. It doesn't work. Communism doesn't work. So you're alluding here to things like, wait, the first thing I think of best, what you just said is... Uh, the sort of China-style social credit system, which it does appear as low in recent months, in the past couple of years, more and more in America, England, and Europe, they've been talking about creating a, a universal basic income. Um, and putting it across under the guise of this will remove worry and stress from people and mean people will not be homeless and hungry, they will not be on the breadline, they'll be able to live better lives. 
Whereas if you dig a bit deeper, some might argue that whilst that could be true to a degree, that it would also remove people's freedoms because in order to get such, it would also make them dependent on it and make them less likely to be motivated to do things for themselves. Alex, you are a hypnotist and mm. you are also an NLP practitioner. You are a teacher. You are doing this for probably 30 years at least. Yeah. Uh, so listen, I'm sure you've seen the same way. They created a fear. Then they separated from each other so we can't communicate. We don't have physical contact, right? Mm -hmm. Then they told us more mandates, put your masks on. Then they, those people who created the problems, then they gave us the resolution, the solution. Now we're going to rescue you. Problem, and then they reaction solution. And then after that came the double mind NLP techniques. Pfizer or Moderna? You know what I mean? Illusion of choice, which is the same If, with if you don't follow these psychological games, what they did, you became the enemy. Then they started to manipulating us. Then they started to uh, emotionally blackmailing us. You have to do this for the rest of the people. For your old relatives. Um, yeah. This entire thing is created... First, I said it was a, a mass hypnosis, and then it's turned into mass psychosis. I couldn't agree and now, and now they are just doing pushing and pushing and more and more and more until the people. If I keep you in fear, constant fear, your uh, limbic system, your your uh, you're constantly triggered into surviving more. Yeah, and stress, which in itself. Can and I'm not a part. I'm not a part of this game. No, but stress, which is connected with fear in itself, over a long period of time, it's proven can end up causing genuine uh, genetic, organic disease and illnesses. And think about this: all the food what they are eating these days, everything is packaged, trans fats, sugar. Uh, food that in boxes and a hundred years ago we didn't eat like this. Oh, it's unnatural, which is great because I'm looking at you and I'm seeing the plants on either side of you, and it may, immediately makes me think of something I was taught in my early teens, uh, which if you want a natural or healthy outcome, you need to be feeding in, and they weren't just talking about food; they were also about what you read, what you think, but also what you eat, natural, positive stuff. Otherwise, if you're feeding in crap, whether that's processed foods, totally negative imagery from the mass media of fear, like you said, then you're going to get an outcome of crap and neg negativity. So, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Attila. Bang on. Think about this. I was born 1962, I'm 60 years old, okay? So what if I already born into a lie? Everything what they taught me and they trained me into, it's already a lie. Okay, now look at the kids now. They are born and they are brainwashed. Milk is bad, egg is bad, uh, butter is bad, 
everything is uh, uh, factory created uh, garbage, toxic waste, and they believe this is healthy for them. Try to convince them now that egg is healthy. Try to convince them that uh, duck fat is one of the healthiest fat you can eat. Mm. So if, if a society, and this is exactly what I'm saying, structural society now is being changed into new norms, the next generation, 10, 20 years, this is going to be their normal. There is no mom and dad. Only loving parents. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, 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 step by step, if we are changing these rules, these ideas, we are programming an entire society. What is scary, and I know what you're saying to, 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 to be based, in fact, on reality. What is scary, some viewers or listeners will be thinking, this all sounds a bit conspiracy theory-fied. But what is bizarre, or, or not bizarre, depending on how you look at it, is that the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and similar governmental bodies around the world have got freely available on their websites documents that they've had out for years laying out their plans and aims for Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. Um, you know, where apparently, according to Klaus Schwab, and I probably pronounced his name wrong, but Klaus Schwab said, "We will, you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it. it, it it's, it's laid out in black and white. They, they don't even hide it. It's, and yet people uh, seem to be walking around like zombies, sleepwalking zombies, falling for the mass hypnosis and manipulation. Critical thinking is almost like a gift now these days. You, you know what I mean by that? That people are so easily give up their will to think. Mm -hmm. And that's the society is now programmed into. I will do everything for you and just follow the rules. And the only way I can accomplish is that I play you, you can do whatever you want. Nobody will ever convince me smoking marijuana is healthy. Okay. Um, however, now they are uh, legalized marijuana pretty much all over the world. Mm. You see, I have two views on that. One quite simply and logically goes back to what I said before, which is if you put something into your body that doesn't naturally need to go there, then it can't be natural. But the other is that some studies allegedly have shown that there can be medicinal benefits, but it's certain parts of what's in it, not the thing as a whole. Um, so just some, some elements, you've just got to be careful of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I, I think what you mentioned about this, uh, the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum and all of these things, I don't necessarily believe in these conspiracies that, oh yeah, they want to destroy the world. And they, I do believe these people are having stupid ideology or ideology, you know, just like Marx had or Lenin had. And then they are presenting this and manipulating people emotionally who buys into these stories. Okay, but if you look at history, every, every year, every hundred years, 
as some kind of a tyrant or some kind of a madman oh, yeah. who had and, the same idea. And had the cliche, same idea. Cliche, but truth, that history repeats itself. So there, ever since that, whether it's Genghis Khan, whether it was the Ottoman Turks, or even Attila the Hun, you know, it doesn't matter. There was always somebody wanted to have a one world order or ruling the one world. Okay, it's always existed. But how can I accomplish this? Well, if I create fear and then I offer you the solution, the longer I maintain you that you are emotionally stuck, you are in a surviving mode. And if I'm activated into the daily surviving mode and I make this harder and harder and harder for you, eventually people will give up the will to fight because they want to survive. Now, this is pure conjecture, but imagine, and I know it's an awful thought for some people, just imagine everybody fell for the mass brainwashing, the manipulation, and they did end up with a one-world system or whatever. Ironically, I'm going to throw it out there that I don't think it would last very long anyway, because once they'd achieved that outcome, aside from the fact over a period of time some people would um, snap out of it eventually, but the actual, I'm going to use the term powers that be, but the people who'd helped it occur would have achieved their aim They'd have nothing to focus on, so they'd end up then looking at each other more and end up infighting, and it would end up falling apart because their own egos were getting in the way, and it'd end up come crumbling down and kind of go back to square one. Human nature is that that it's impossible to have this idea. It's ir absolutely insane idea and theory of that, that we are all equal and all the same, and we all deserve the same. It will never happen, unnatural. It doesn't even happen in animal kingdom. Mm. I have lots of dogs throughout the years. Every single dog has a different personality. They want different things. They respond differently. When we do the hypnosis show, for example, there is 20, 30 people on the stage, am I right? And yeah. we have to figure out who responds to that. Have you ever done a show? Okay, when you hypnotize them, you select out those who immediately closes their eyes and they respond to sleep suggestions. And then they open their eyes and they, they write that the first suggestion you say, <laughs> they refuse. And now the negative yeah, and that, and that negative example, because one rejects an idea and the next rejects the idea. And now suddenly we have a negative chain reaction of that. Now I have to reverse it. How do I reverse that so I still win the show? You know, and that's the same thing in society. I can hypnotize you by creating fear. I can hypnotize you by creating the solution. But sooner or later, people will snap out of these things and they want their own. There is no such a, I have a, I had once a show when I said the guy, next time you open your eyes, you will be Michael Jackson. I have these video clips in my shows and my uh, uh, courses. So I gave him the silver glove, the hat, you know, and he's ready to perform. And the lady who's sitting right there beside him uh, on the stage, one of the hypnotized subjects, she just jokingly said, oh, you child molester. Oh. And the guy immediately took his hat off, his gloves up. He says, yeah. I got to go. I'm, I'm not Michael Jackson. Yeah. I said, how come? Because I am not Michael Jackson. So immediately he snapped out of this. So... It, it, we understand that it, 
hypnosis is I can manipulate a person to, you know, to, I mean, I'm talking about political system. I can manipulate them until I'm going to create fear. But there will be people eventually will fight out of this fear. And they will come out of it and snap on. There's no possibility, impossible to creating a society then everybody and everything is equal. It's a human nature. Somebody wants something different. So I am different. You are different. Every one of us are different. The, politically, the, the place that people tend to learn of this illusion, the illusion of voting. You've got a choice here, a choice here, or a choice here. Gives people the idea they've got some sense of control over it, but whoever gets in, in my opinion, ends up doing what they're told by far more powerful people anyway. It's just a, a front thing. And, and that propaganda is brought out there through uh, the mainstream media, the newspapers, the news channels and stuff, who I would argue are the biggest hypnotists around. Hence the cold programs. Um that they put out that, that that's what it exists for i believe the media to, to condition and control people you see i never um i, I wasn't against uh, these vaccines or i wasn't against all of these issues or i'm not a conspiracy theorist that i believe or don't believe in this i had all my always had my vaccines down uh first of all Same there's it. a difference between an immunization and there's a difference between a vaccination so and this is not an immunization uh second of all I watched the psychological factors right from the beginning. Uh, I responded when they said, don't go anywhere because there is a virus spreading. Takes only about a couple of days to realize that you don't hear uh, uh, the ambulance running everywhere. You don't see people falling and dying everywhere. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, I was teaching a classroom and there was a lady who's a doctor and she is a, a virologist. And she says to me, there's no pandemic. And that was in 2020 March. Don't believe in this. Mm. You know, so right away, I became very leery about what's happening. And then I saw the, the psychological manipulation of this entire thing. And I do believe the politicians, they got scared. So they yeah. created these mandates and rules. Now the next country gets scared. They want to overdo that. Oh, I'm protecting more my people and my country. I want to be a good prime minister, a good president. And it's just escalated way out of hand to stupidity. Mass you know, hysteria. It is a mass hysteria. But now these tyrant rulers, they don't want to admit, look, I made a bad decision. I shouldn't have do this. Or I, you know, no, they still maintain. And, and now all the science is coming out, look. You know, we have now more harm from the vaccinated people <laughs> than the unvaccinated people. Mm. So the, the, how do I say this? Took about two years to bring this down. And suddenly now they escalated back again on other issue, another fear. I don't believe that they want to depopulate the world. If they want to how about, how they put it into the milk, how about they have to put a little... Uh, anything into the milk in England, probably into the beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there will be a lot quicker and easier ways of doing it. I, I agree. So However, I don't believe in this. What I think may be more likely is that it's a purposeful attempt to collapse the world economies so that they can bring in this central bank digital currency that more and more countries have started talking about. Alex, it is a stage hypnosis show, worldwide show. Am I correct? 
I totally agree with you. And that, that's why I, I wasn't planning to go down this route, but I've gone that way. I, I, I could not agree with you more. Um, it is. But it, 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 yeah, it's the same conditioning, convinces, escalation, deepness that we call it, but dare escalate. Yeah, it, it, it mirrors hypnosis. You know, I got attacked so many times. So, you, Big Mouth Attila, what would you have done? And I said, listen, we already know that respiratory infections have to treat them. When I was a kid, what did my mother do? Number one thing was pushing the vitamin C's. <laughs> you, have you heard of that, Alex? Yeah. Okay. So then after tea with lemon in it, then garlic and the honey in a teaspoon. I'm not saying these remedies, I want to sell these ideas at the moment. Don't mistake me. What I'm saying that this, what would have happened if the government, every single country would have focused on prevention? How about if every package, every family would have received the monthly pace, uh, packages of all the vitamins, the minerals, the essential fatty acids, all healthy food packages, uh, the organic food would have been released and the yeah. supporting food cheaper. Uh, you know what I mean? If we would... No, let's spend billions of dollars to the pharmaceutical industry into chemicals. How about the prevention? And that was already discovered, the, the couple of uh, medications that started to work in, you know, in New York, in India, you heard these stories, and they banned those. But in Mexico, yeah, you can buy it in a, yeah. But in Mexico, you can buy those in, the, in a vending machine on the airport. Oh, <laughs> You know, ivermectin and, and all of yeah. these other. So what I'm saying that that it's a mass manipulation, what is happening in the world. And you have, I do believe that if people are uh, giving in to this fear, they will lose in it. And I Number one. Agree more, and that's why I say people should, for example, go to the links below this video or audio and visit Attila's website. Look into some of his courses, and I promise you, if, if you're someone who, who's not been involved in hypnosis for long, but you study it deeper through the kind of resources that Attila makes available, your eyes will open not just how you can entertain people or help them change their life, but also to what's going on around you, as um, Attila's been saying, because although his courses teach hypnosis for therapy on stage, it does cross over into every area of life. Can we dehypnotize society from this? Now I'm going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I know there's a lot of people out there that are bloody well trying through documentaries they put out. I mean, I put a documentary out um, in 2019, which was on um, truth researcher David Icke's online television channel, Iconic. Exclusively, it was there or on download on... Um, Amazon Prime video, but then in 20, early 21 last year, we took it off sale. It's still an iconic David uh, TV channel, but we took it off sale and I've uploaded it publicly for free because I figured hopefully, but I hope more people see it that way. And it's basically an hour and uh, 50 minute documentary showing the kind of things that you've mentioned, how 
religion is hypnosis, how politics is hypnosis, how the education system is indoctrination and all different areas of life in the hope that it might get people to open their eyes a bit. But honestly, yeah, some people will open their eyes, but I find it quite... Scary. It's almost, I, I say this, the mass hypnosis now what we are facing is basically is almost like a, a, a paranoia of a cognitive dissonance that no matter what you're going to tell, no matter what information, no matter what proof you have, no matter, you know, they're going to still believe in what they want to do. Yeah, because it's very and difficult because of, for someone. Because of fear, because of fear. But also, as you said, cognitive dissonance, it's very hard to take that idea or belief you've had for so long that the powers that be have got your best interest at heart they're there to protect you and they wouldn't possibly let you have something that was dangerous or steer you away from something that was a better option um, to have to accept that maybe not everything's the way you've been led to believe is very uncomfortable for people hence cognitive dissonance of not accepting it. Treatment. Here's an argument for people who, who doesn't want to look at differently life. How did humanity survive all these centuries? Okay. Pharmaceutical industries are about what, 130, 140 years old the most? Mm -hmm. Am I correct? So how did right. we survive five, six, seven thousand? If, if you just go by the Bible, how did we survive that 6,000 years humanity without the pharmaceutical industry? Naturally. Nature. Okay. So how did the humanity survive eating pigs, animal fat, and eggs? <laughs> Suddenly now there comes a Goomba and says, oh, these are all unhealthy. How come? But well, now in factory manufactured, chemically introduced food packages are healthy for children called cereal. <laughs> you know what I, you, like, so, but if you are born into this idea, doesn't matter what the lie is, it's a part of you. Yeah. And that's what's happening at the moment. They're changing society because the next generation, they are now born into this new ideology. The one thing I'd encourage people to look at, tap into Google. Don't, there's no conspiracy theory here. It's cold, hard, evidential fact that if you type in um, into Google something like, what companies does BlackRock finance own? Yep. Um, the, uh, and, uh, and they're a company that deal in getting stocks and shares for investors and whatnot. But there's very... On the basis of the number of people in the world, how many investors there are with the massive biggest shares in the biggest companies, you will see images or graphs come up on their own website. So there's no theory. It's their own from the horse's mouth showing that ultimately they own all the food production companies. There's, about a, there's only about half a dozen to eight companies that actually own at the mother level all of these apparent brands that are in competition with each other which really are owned by about half a dozen to eight companies but those half to dozen eight companies are owned by shareholders that own shares in all of them so they're really all root back to one one, one source, source. Yeah. 
And if there's an option out there that would take money away from that one source, you can sure as hell that they're going to encourage the shareholders here to go against it, to encourage the companies here to go against it, to then encourage the media to put out the message to convince people to go against it. Well, hey, we recognize that it's a mass hypnosis. We understand that it's a worldwide stage hypnosis show. I know that I don't want to participate in it. And I hope that more and more people will listen to us and they will snap out of this hypnotic dreaming that the government will say. And that is an excellent, um, excellent place to wrap up and say, look at the video links. Sorry, but not video links, website links, social media links that will be below this video or below the speaker on the podcast uh, platforms. Go and check out Attila's videos on YouTube. Check out his products and courses he's got available on his website. If you've got any questions, I'm sure if you email Attila via his website, he will guide you to which would be the most appropriate course for you to look into for whatever your aim or desire is that you wish to achieve. Attila, can, can, I, can I plug in something? Of course you can. I was, I, was about, show you something. I was just about to because say... I have only left one, two, three, four, five, six. I have only seven sets left. This is a DVD series of my stage hypnosis course. All right. Okay. Uh, It has a bonus DVD, me and Gil going together as well in it. Ten DVD sets. On my website, I sell it for $500. I have only seven left and it's done. No more. I won't reproduce this. If anybody wants to have it through you, it's only three hundred dollars. Wow! Each set, so it's two hundred dollars off. If some, I have only seven sets. You just have to, when you contact, email Attila via his website. The links there. Mention Hypnosis Week Episode One or One. It was filmed in Los Angeles when I was teaching there with Gil. Excellent. Ten, That'll 10 be DVD. So yeah, email Attila via his website below. Make the subject heading Hypnosis Week. Episode one or one, which is what this is, then you'll know it's in reference to this. And just ask inside, hey, how can I pay you the special offer price? And he'll send you the details of how to pay. And you can grab one of them, which A, will be highly educational and useful to you. Even if you're a hypnotherapist just wanting to learn rapid inductions and stuff that you can use in therapy, or you want to learn the stage techniques for being able to do group therapy sessions and demonstrations that could attract clients to you, then I'd recommend that. And also, of course, there's only seven left. He's not going to reproduce anymore. Could ask him to sign it for you as well when you buy it, because it could be a bloody collector's item in the future as well. Thank you, Attila. You are an absolute star, a true legend. Thank you for sharing nuggets of your wisdom and experience. Sir, I understand why you've had so many awards. It's because you understand the subject so bloody damn well and explain it so well. Thank you very much indeed. No, no, thank you for having me.